And what is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast. I hope you all are having fantastic Fridays so far. And today I'm sort of going to be switching gears from football, which I know I've been talking about a lot here lately because there's just been so much football news going on over the course of the last few weeks, obviously. But at the same time, I guess I've come to the realization that there are other sports going on at the same time. And, of course, one of those sports is uh, Major League Baseball. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to be previewing the massive, absolutely massive series this weekend between the New York Mets and the defending and reigning, or reigning and defending, I should say, uh, World Series champion Atlanta Braves, and just all of the details that have to do with that series. And I'm also going to be touching very briefly on two of the big, two of the biggest milestones that have happened in Major League Baseball this year. And they've both happened within a span of uh, about the last two weeks or so. But without further ado, uh, let me go ahead and touch on this huge series that's going to be going on this weekend between the Mets and the Braves. And the reason it's so big is because it is, of course, going to be deciding the winner of the National League East division. And first pitch of game one, I believe, is at about 6.20-ish tonight. And when you look at who the projected starting pitchers are going to be in game one, I think you really get a greater sense of why this matchup is so big and what exactly winning this division title means to both teams. And, of course, the pitching matchup features the two aces for either team. Uh, When you look at the Mets, and as much as it pains me, I have to give them credit for this because they have one of the best, if not the best, uh, pitcher in all of Major League Baseball. I'm, of course, talking about Jacob deGrom. And he's had pretty remarkable year uh, with a 2.93 ERA in about 58 innings or so worth of action. Uh, He's only given up 35 hits 
He's recorded 91 strikeouts, eight walks, and just six home runs. And you compare that to the Braves' ace, who will be on the mound for the Braves tonight. I'm, of course, talking about Max Freed. Over the course of this year, he's put up a 2.50 ERA over about 180 innings pitched. He's given up 152 hits. Uh, He's also recorded 167 strikeouts to just 32 walks and has also given up only 12 home runs. And, of course, those numbers may seem a little inflated compared to Jacob deGrom's, but it's important to keep in mind we are talking about a whole season's worth of work and it's not just the pitching battles that are going to be important here Uh, when you look at some of the production on the offensive side as well the Mets have guys such as Pete Alonzo who's had a pretty remarkable season in his own right he's hit uh, 40 homers which is of course, nothing short of remarkable. And you just got to compare that to what the Braves have coming up for them and their young up-and-coming slugger in Austin Riley. His numbers are very comparable to Pete Alonzo's. And an example of what I mean is, as I mentioned, Pete Alonzo's hit 40 home runs. Austin Riley has still uh, managed to come away with 37 in his own right. And obviously, from the Braves' perspective, from a talent standpoint, uh, it's not just Austin Riley when you've got the young guys that are up and coming with him as well, especially guys like Michael Harris and Vaughn Grissom, just to name two. And obviously you still have Ronald Acuna in the fold for the Bravos as well. So there's a lot of talent to go around for both teams. I want to touch a little bit on exactly how close this race is. And honestly, I've got to admit, before this season started, I did not even see this race being as close as it ended up being. I know the Mets have spent a ton of money this offseason, bringing in guys like Max Scherzer, who I assume I've not seen the projected starters as far as pitchers go, but I would assume uh, after Jacob deGrom starts tonight's game that Max Scherzer would be on the mound at the start of 
game two of this series. But reason I bring those two guys, reason I bring Max Scherzer up, and also that about the Mets, they've spent a lot of money bringing in guys like a Francisco Lindor from Cleveland. So reason why I bring those two guys up is because the Mets have spent a lot of money bringing in guys that give them the potential to compete right away, which has obviously been the case. Uh, I did not really see that coming. And the reason not to reason why I say that, not to take anything away from the talents of guys like Lindor and Scherzer, obviously, but I really just feel like teams that arguably overspend on guys, uh, their seasons, and this is across all sports, by the way, not just baseball, uh, their seasons do not obviously end up the way that they would probably like them to. And I think that I mentioned other sports. I can't help but think back to the, I believe it was the 2011 Philadelphia Eagles who found themselves in this exact, almost this exact same situation. Vince Young even came out and said, oh, we're the dream team. Look at all these guys that we've got on paper. And of course, as we all know, games are not played on paper. They are, of course, played on the playing field. And that season did not end well for the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe they finished 8-8, and ended up missing the playoffs. But having said all of that, the Mets obviously do not find themselves in that category. They have obviously been neck and neck with the Bra- with the Braves. They have either been neck and neck with the Braves a little bit behind the Braves or a little bit ahead of the Braves, depending on what particular month of the season you're talking about. And really just to me, the Met, this year's Mets are just eerily similar to last year's San Francisco Giants because... Nobody really saw the Giants competing with the Dodgers for the National League West in the way that they ended up competing with the Dodgers. And they sort of came out of nowhere. And obviously, the Giants' payroll last year was not as large as the New York Mets payroll is this year. But for me, I just feel like there's way too many similarities between 
those two clubs. They both had tremendous seasons, obviously. But just for me, as a Braves fan, you kind of hope that the Mets somehow would find a way to dramatically collapse, as we have seen so many teams do in the past. But that ultimately did not turn out to be the case. And the Mets have, base and Braves have basically been neck and neck throughout the course of the entire season. Just to put into perspective how close this division race is. Uh, as of right now, the Mets currently have a one-game lead on the Braves with a 98-58 and 58 record. The Braves are, of course, right behind them at 97-59. and 59. So this series is going to decide who wins this division. And obviously there's going to be a lot of excitement going on in Atlanta. I've not seen the attendance numbers or the projected attendance numbers for any of these three games, but I would imagine and would be willing to bet a very large amount of money that all three of them are going to be sellouts, and there's just going to be a lot of excitement that is going on in the greater Atlanta area this weekend. And as far as my prediction for this uh, series goes, and ultimately who wins the NL East, I'm just going to let this song that I'm about to play speak for me, because if it, if it does not give any indication on what my prediction is for this series, then I don't know what will. So without further ado... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. That For those who may not be familiar with that song, and of course, if you're a Braves fan like me, you certainly know it by heart, obviously. Uh, that was, of course, the tomahawk chop that you hear at any Atlanta Braves game. And yes, I am going to make the prediction that the current reigning and defending World Series champion Atlanta Braves will end up winning the series uh, 
they will take two out of three games in the series to obviously win the series and the National League East division, mainly because of the home field advantage aspect and all of that all that that entails with deciding outcomes of ball games and I know that there is a lot of youth with the Braves right now and not a and not a lot of those guy, of these guys particularly the ones that I mentioned being a Michael Harris and Vaughn Grissom have found themselves in this situation before as far as deciding division winners and pennant races being on the line goes. Although I will point out, because it is very interesting, I think, that, and I'm going to single Vaughn Grissom out here in particular, because... If you remember when he made his major league debut a few weeks ago, the Braves were in Boston playing the, of course, the Boston Red Sox. And Vaughn Grissom steps up to the plate for his first major league at bat. And how does that turn out? Oh, yeah, he just spanks a... Massive home run over the Grand Monster in left field at Fenway Park. No big deal, though. Uh, The reason I bring that up is because... And this is not... uh, Granted, this is not the same as being in a pennant race, obviously, but... As any baseball fan out there knows... Uh, Fenway Park is one of the biggest stages, if not, actually, I don't know if I can say that or not, because there are so many big stages in Major League uh, Baseball, but Fenway Park is obviously one of the biggest stages out there, and uh, Boston is not necessarily the nicest atmosphere in the world as far as fan bases at baseball games are concerned. But just to see Vaughn Grissom perform like that on a big scene, as big a scene as Fenway Park is, shows me that maybe he is ready to perform at a high level on a big stage with the National League East pennant on the line. And obviously guys like Mike Harris have stepped up as well. And of course, the Braves also still have guys like Ronald Acuna in the fold as well. And, of course, mainly just 
for the reason of seeing those guys, those young guys progress and the home field aspect that truest part, a place like truest park brings into the fold and just I fit, as a fan I can't help but feel when that tomahawk chop gets to going uh, as early as tonight just about six hours or so from the time that I'm recording this podcast I just feel like that is going that sort of atmosphere is going to hype up the home team to a very large degree and we'll get the Braves over the top in this series against the New York Mets. And so I know I know that I'm a homer. Okay, I completely recognize that, but at the end of the day, my gut is just telling me that based on those reasons that I've laid out, that the Braves have a very slight advantage in this series, and I'm, of course, giving them the nod to win this series in Pretty decisive fashion, although it is going to be close as far as the outcomes of the games go. Uh, But I do think the Bravos are going to take this series winning two out of three games. Uh, Really quickly, the last couple things that I want to touch on uh, are the big milestones that came up over the last few weeks. Uh, The first of which is Albert Pujols hitting home run number 700. And, you know, anytime you see a big milestone like this happen, it's obviously a very remarkable feat, and especially taking into consideration how Albert Pujols is 42 years old and he's still playing at this level, it really makes me think that contrary to what he says in the This Is Sports Center commercial, you guys remember the uh, This Is Sports Center commercials, don't you? The ones that feature... Uh, the sports center anchors and personalities and various athletes that they film them with. Uh, contrary to what Albert says in that commercial, he is very much a machine to a large extent. And just to see the feat, I guess, of a guy like a 42-year-old Albert Pujols uh, find a way to finish his career with at least 700 home runs because this, he has said that this will be his 
final season. And just from an, an emotional standpoint, it's a shame that because he, he is back in St. Louis with the Cardinals, and it's just a shame from an emotional standpoint for him to see him not hit home run number 700 at home at Bush Stadium because he did so on the road. And it's just a shame to see him not hit home run number 700 at home from a baseball fan's standpoint. But because of the emotional aspect with the fans and everything else and blah, blah, blah. But having said that, it is still a remarkable feat. And at the end of the day, I just have to tip my cap to Albert Pujols and wish him nothing but the absolute best as he finishes up his career this season. Uh, The second milestone that I want to touch on very briefly before I get out of here uh, involves Aaron Judge with the New York Yankees and the remarkable feat that he has been a part of in the last few days because he has recently tied uh, the American League record for single home, for home runs in a single season with his 61st on, I believe it was Wednesday night. And, of course, it, one of the reasons that this is notable is he, of course, tied a former New York Yankee in Roger Maris for that record. And one of the interesting storylines that's come out of this is not how many more home runs Aaron Judge is going to hit for the rest of the year, but where he will end up playing after this season. Because there's already been a lot of hot stove speculations going around as far as where Mr. Judge will be playing in 2023. I, of course, think that a lot of teams are going to be interested and are going to have to pay a lot of money to acquire his services. I think it's going to be the offer that he's going to end up getting is going to be it's got to be upwards of $300 million for 10 years or however many years teams want to throw into the contract negotiation. But it's going to take upwards of $300 million, I do believe, and... One of the reasons that that's notable is that Aaron Judge sort of decided to bet on himself uh, 
this season based on the fact that he turned down, actually turned down a previous extension offer from the Yankees. I believe, I'm not sure of the exact dollar amount, but I believe it was around $230 million. And, which is of course a, also a very large amount of money. But, just for a guy like Aaron Judge to sort of bet on himself in that regard, it's basically essentially the same thing as what Lamar Jackson is doing in the NFL with the Baltimore Ravens if you want to compare this situation to what's going on in another sport. But... Lamar is sort of betting on himself as well. And so that seems to be a trend that's going on with these sort of upcoming free agents that are desiring big contracts and are willing to bet on themselves and risk injury to some degree, to a very large degree, actually, especially in Lamar Jackson's case, uh, in order to get those bigger contracts. And having said all of that, regardless of what ends up happening next season, as far as where Aaron Judge decides to I would I would say fin- finish his career especially if you're signing a multi-year deal like he would be but regardless of what happens with that down the road uh you really don't want to take away from the just absolutely remarkable achievement of tying Roger Maris for the all-time home run lead in the American League. Another important thing about Aaron Judge is that he is, I would say this is, pro- this is probably, this probably has a good shot of happening Uh, Aaron Judge is also in the hunt for a Triple Crown Award, which is also a pretty remarkable achievement in and of itself and goes to the dominance that Aaron Judge has shown over the course of this entire season. So, in with all of that being said, I, of course, have to tip my cap to not only Albert Pujols, but I have to give yet another tip of the cap to Mr. Aaron Judge and all of the success that he has had over the course of this season. And we will, of course end up 
we will, of course, have to see what ends up happening over the course of the last week or so. Uh, I'm going to hold off on making any playoff predictions because I would like to wait until the playoff brackets actually come out before I make any playoff predictions and World Series predictions. But with all of that being said, it's going to be a very exciting last week of the Major League Baseball regular season as we head into the month of October or Choptober for all of you Atlanta Braves fans out there. And I will, of course, be watching this weekend's Mets Braves series very intently and uh, certainly hope from a fan standpoint that the Atlanta Braves end up winning that series. But with that, I guess I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's edition of the podcast. I very much appreciate it, and I'll see you soon.